Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hi there, it's Robin Openshaw, and welcome back to The Vibe Show. Today, we continue our series on Learn From Our Elders. I wanted to interview Dr. Roy Martina because he's turning 65 right about the time that you're hearing this, and I couldn't believe it when I heard it. His wife is a friend of mine, and she referred me, and I said, Roy can't possibly be 65, is he? So he's exactly the kind of guy that we want to interview to learn what does he know that we don't? or that most people don't, that leads to a long and productive life of doing great work even into your later years. Dr. Martina is a holistic medical doctor, and he specializes in things like acupuncture, homeopathy, nutrition, cancer therapies, and things like psychoneuroimmunology and deep change hypnosis. Another fun fact about him is that he, to this day, is a world-renowned martial arts world champion. He's an eighth-degree black belt martial arts grandmaster and, wait for it, at 65 years old, is the author of 86 books and plans to write at least 14 more until he gets to 100. So welcome to The Vibe Show, Dr. Roy Martina. Thank you for having me, Robin. I, everyone, I'm really excited to introduce you to Roy because... I was actually astonished when I put out the call in my professional um, space to my colleagues and said, who do you know who is 65 and older, who is still massively contributing to his or her body of work? What are they doing? And Joy, who is Roy's wife, is my friend. And she said, Roy Martina. And I was like, I, I asked my assistant, I'm like, go find out, like, is this the same Roy that she's married to? Because I wouldn't put him older than 50. <laughs> so I want, I want to talk about your work. And I also want to talk about what you personally are doing to stay so vibrant. But let's talk about probably one of your favorite things to talk about. And that's your martial arts background. You're, you're like world famous in martial arts, are you not? Yeah, I'm actually also, I still have three world records that have not been broken in 40 years. So I'm still waiting for the one that comes after me and will break my record. So it didn't happen 40 years. I don't expect to happen soon either. And I, I still teach. I'm an eight degree black belt. I have my own style. I have over 2000 students. And yeah, it's, uh, I started when I was six years old. So I've been doing it almost like 60 years. So yeah, it's, it's the passion of my life and it's the foundation of everything I do comes from the martial arts. You know, I think a lot of women like me are curious about the martial arts. It seems sort of uh, masculine to us, but what, what do you think martial arts have to do with why you're vibrant now? You think there's a connection there? Yeah, definitely there's a connection. Uh, number one, it's, it's a sport that has everything in it, flexibility, so we do a lot of yoga-like exercise to keep our body flexible, but also we want to be very fast. It means that we have this explosive power, so we're using certain types of muscles and fibers more than others. Then there is the endurance, there's high-intensity training in there, and most important, it, it's a sport where you train reflexes. So if we look at one of the reasons why we, we age and we lose some of our 
let's say, capacities, it's because we're not challenged anymore. And in martial arts, you're constantly challenging the nervous system and constantly pushing it out of, of the comfort zone. And, and yes, is it masculine or feminine? I don't really believe it, it's that because we have both parts included. We have exercises that are much more like meditation and breathing and also, I, I would say, um, to reflect on your goals and, and those kind of things. But I think most importantly, why, why I like it, it teaches you one way to deal with your emotions. And, and I think that's an important and missing part in, in a lot of the programs I've seen for longevity, where most of the focus is on nutrition and movement and, and some other meditation. But dealing with emotions is one of the most important parts that is also missing, I think, in the blue zones. That, that one of the things that people like to talk about. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the blue zones on this show. And as we hit our 100th episode, uh, I wanted to find people who aren't living in the blue zones, but are going to be those one-offs in this world where, you know, we could feel kind of hopeless if we're really educated about how much toxicity is in our Mm -hmm. environment that wasn't there before. What are some of the keys? You can talk about, you know, what you learn observing the the blue zones, but I think you have somewhat of a different approach. Just talk a little bit to us about what do you think it takes living in the industrialized world these days to live to be 90 and have a rich, amazing life till the, till the end or a hundred or 110. 90 is easy. I I don't think 90, you need to do a lot of stuff, but the point is um, I would love to start with the bad news first. And the bad news is that it's not genetics, it's not exercise, it's not nutrition. Those things are important and definitely play a role. But what I know, it's more about the mind. And the reason I can say that is because in in my field as a holistic doctor, I've worked predominantly with uh, chronic uh, diseases and a lot of cancer patients. And I can tell you the most important thing that will determine if someone will uh, win the battle against uh, cancer, especially if they have two or three months, is the mindset, how we we deal with the information that, that we're having. And part of the mindset is is also visualization. And that's the part that is missing in the blue zones. And I believe in the blue zones, it's not done by intent. And the option we have, and that's the good news, if we want to live, we have two, actually two options. One is to add more quality to the years you have to live or to add more life, so more years to your life and both. Of course, I want to live longer, but also I want to stay fit and and in in a great shape. And then intent is, in my belief, the most important uh, factor because we can use the intent to guide our uh, nervous system. We can use the intent to guide our immune system. We can use intent to cure body from many diseases. And that's, that's a part that in the blue zones, they will never talk about it. It's just what happens there. And, and those circumstances are great. But let me give you a, a, a quick example of intent. And, and as you know, a lot of vibration. If you take water and you put into the water the intent to cleanse your body, to remove heavy toxins or heavy metals and chemicals, that water will vibrate in a different way than when you just drink water. So what I teach is people to use intent for everything, for the food, for water, even if you take vitamin pills or supplements, given an intent 
and the effect becomes much greater. And you can call it whatever you want, placebo or something else, but that's the power of the mind that is not being used in the blue zones. Okay, this is fascinating. So how do I how do I leverage that? How do I use that? Is it when I drink a glass of water, I say words and just create a thought? Mm -hmm. That's one way. I do not know if you're familiar with the work of Masaru Emoto. Yeah. He died two years ago, and I had to, uh, you know, the good fortune to give some workshops with him and to get to know him very well. And what he has shown, take, for example, a pond that is totally stagnant and it stinks, it smells, and he would, uh, you know, get a group of maybe three or four monks, sit around the pond and focus on bringing love or compassion or whatever energy to their mind, just focusing on the water. And within a couple of days, the water, the quality of the water will change. It will become vibrant in our life again. And he has done tons of research on that. For example, if you take a glass of water and you would write the word longevity or a long, happy, healthy life, the vibration of the water will change. But just holding the glass in your hand and focus, and you can do it just by visualization, focusing on a certain outcome will change the vibration of the water. And what we teach even more advanced forms of intention, where you set your intention in what's called the, the theta brainwave. So we have beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And simply by turning your eyes up, just like what they teach in yoga, where they say, turn your eyes up, try to look inside of your head, will bring the brainwaves immediately into a theta state and your power of intent becomes much greater. So you're accessing what we call the quantum brain, the electromagnetic brain, where all the vibrations are. And that's, I believe, the biggest contribution that I can give to, to people, just that simple. Okay, this is super fascinating. So can you give me a few more examples of ways to use intent? So we talked about drinking a glass of water, but give us some really concrete examples so we can just start okay. practicing. Let me give you my secret right away then. <laughs> so the most important times to set your intent is before you go to sleep, at the mo after you wake up. So the, here's the other thing that we need to know about the intent. Um, the, in, the quantum brain works, as we know, in what we call the alpha and theta range, even sometimes into delta when we're sleeping and even dreaming. So we want to activate the quantum brain because the quantum brain is electromagnetically connected to the whole universe, to everything we know and we even don't know. And we can, the quantum brain is also connected to the autonomous nervous system. So the trick is that the physiological brain is the more logical linear brain and the physical brain needs to know how things are done. And that's where most people get stuck. They, they're um, you know, putting too much attention to the how. So basically we need to, uh, what we say, <laughs> bypass the how. So the sentence that I use for intention begins with, even if I don't know how, for example, let's say my intent is to sleep very deeply and to wake up refreshed, to wake to wake up feeling more energized, more vital, and even detox uh, my body and regenerate my body. I can say a sentence like, even if I don't know how to program my body or autonomous nervous system to remove all the toxins, all the stress, 
all the uh, other heaviness and emotions that I've accumulated during this day, what I do know, it is so now, and I'm fulfilled. And then you visualize seeing yourself waking up the next day, uh, feeling much better, energized, younger, and so on and so on. When you wake up in the morning, you set again your intent for the day. And for the day, it's more important to be aware of yourself. So what I teach people is self-awareness. So we are aware of our thoughts. We are aware of our actions. And the intent we set in the morning is to be able to correct anything that deviates of what we want. So if we want to be happy, we want to be vital and energetic, positive, we set that intent in the morning. And if we do this for a minimum of two months, 60 days, it becomes a habit. And then the autonomous nervous system is automatically programmed to follow that protocol. So by doing that over and over, just uh, two to three months, we have now created a new habit in the nervous system that goes on automatic. And, and we can even determine uh, the date that we want to die. We can determine many, many things just using intent. And you know, I've been doing that with um, students and uh, people I coach for, for many, over 20 years now with incredible effects, also for cancer, chronic disease, and on and on. Okay, so is this found, this deeper dive if we want it, because I really think my audience is going to want to learn more about this. Is this found in your international bestseller of all your 86 books called Emotional Balance? Is that where we would learn more? Yes, the Emotional Balance book is, is basically what it teaches us is, uh, because I started out of an, as an acupuncturist, and in the acupuncture system, we have all these points that can influence our energy levels. And what people need to understand is the following. There are three levels that we function on. And the three levels is what we go through when we get sick. The first level is energetic. Second level is biochemical. The third level is cellular. So if we're looking, for example, at cancer, then uh, the cancer does not start at the cellular level. The cancer does not start at the biochemical level. The cancer always begins at energetic level. And with acupuncture, we've been taught how to influence the energetic level. And what we've studied is that emotions and stress has the biggest impact on our energetic system. The biggest cause of, I would say, aging is not uh, food or those kind of things, but it's really the toxins that we create ourselves with our emotions. And when we learn how to master these emotions, then our body can detox itself and regenerate itself much quicker than anything else. And there's a big difference between transforming your emotions than suppressing your emotions. And that's what I explain in Emotional Balance, how we can use our, the emotions that we have to heal our body and through that become younger and stronger and more vital. Transforming rather than suppressing our emotions. I, I would imagine that, I mean, you're turning 65 this December. So soon after this show airs, I would imagine that you became really interested in this through challenges of your own, right? I bet you didn't live 65 years without some really, really tough setbacks. Am I right? You hit it right on. <laughs> Do you have any that you want to share with us? Something that you've been through? When I was born, I was born with um, my the umbilicus cord around my neck. I had hypoxia 
and I was um, diagnosed with brain damage at the age of six. Um, <laughs> the psychologist told my, my parents that I was a hopeless case, that they shouldn't expect me to become somebody. And that's when he gave a good advice to send me to martial arts, which changed my life. And so I started out with a lot of learning problems and I discovered a new learning technique, which was sleep learning by the age of 10. So at 10, I started to record everything I needed to know. And I went from the worst in the class to the best in the class and so on. That was my first uh, big challenge. And, and martial arts technically on the other side saved me because I was also very aggressive, very angry and, and, and that stuff. But my biggest challenge ever was when I was 22, I was already accepted by one of the best universities in, in Europe to become a surgeon. And then I had a car accident. And through the car accident, I, I had severe, you know, first of all, I had a near-death experience. And when I came back, I had what I think I, I want to believe it was an angel because a nurse came into my room, touched my forehead. I went into coma for two days and I woke up two days later, completely healed. And I just had a few residue, you know, some, some whiplash kind of conditions. And that's changed my life because I couldn't become a surgeon anymore. And that's how I, I became a general physician. And through a physical therapist, I got in contact with an acupuncturist and, after that, I was so impressed by acupuncture that that uh, made me choose to go study acupuncture. So it was my big life-changing event in, in at least two of them. And my biggest struggle always have, has been to be able to say no, especially when I became a practitioner and people were coming from everywhere, living on a small island, Curacao, where everybody knows everybody. I got a burnout very quickly after six months of practice. I was working from six in the morning till 12 in the night. So I had to learn to say no. And that's how my journey began on searching for personal development. And, and that also changed the way I practice. So that's in short, my two biggest struggles. I know you consider um, Deepak Chopra a colleague and um, mm -hmm. who's written more books, you or him? Um, right now, we're pretty much on the same level. I asked Roy before we got started with the interview, so are you like in a competition with Deepak to see how many books um, you can write? And I was teasing, but he said, yep. He said, yep, I'm, I'm heading, I'm gunning for a hundred. So that is so inspiring. What kind of uh, topics do you want your last 14 books to be about? Well, my next book is called The Secrets of the Lazy Billionaire. And it's about quantum physics and how uh, it's opening a complete new area for me that I was not familiar with before. I, I'm very familiar with the law of attraction with um, quantum physics, totally different. There we work with what's called the multiverse. In quantum physics, the belief is you cannot create anything. It, everything you can think of, imagine already exists on a different timeline. That's called the multiverse. So there's not only one Roy or one Robin. There are many different ones, each living a slightly different life. And what this billionaire friend of mine taught me is that any big dream that you may have, and, and like I, I told you in the beginning, 
Uh, my big dream is to start a new medicine and a new kind of uh, holistic university. And he encouraged me to go for that dream because it's an impossible dream. And when it's impossible, it's easier to be done in quantum physics than it's done with regular visualization methods. So the difference in quantum physics is that you do not visualize something. When you visualize something, you always start with what you know. In quantum physics, there's a technique called quantum jumping. I call it timeline jumping, where you jump to another timeline in your meditation and you become the observer. That's level one. You observe what's going on. Who are you in that life? Level two is where you start having a dialogue with your other self. And level three is when you merge with the other self and you become that future self on the other timeline. When that happens, then you get what's called, uh, what I call a collapse of the timelines and synchronicity starts to hit. So for example, I needed at least two or $3 billion to create what I want to create. And by doing the quantum method, that comes easily. I already have investors who are interested, who want to invest. And my billionaire fr friend wants to invest. And so the money is no longer a problem. What was impossible has become possible. But the trick is you have to become that person that's living to success that you want to have. And that's my, what my next book is about. It's already written. It's waiting, waiting for the last chapter. And the last chapter 14 is how did I manifest the three billion dollars that I need to create what I need to create. We're all waiting. We want to hear about how you how you manifest three billion dollars. But your three billion dollars isn't so that you can live on a golf course and drive a little <laughs> golf cart around. If I wanted to retire, I would have done 20 years ago. It's no fun being retired, by the way. So there's still so much to, to happen, so much to give. And there's still so much to figure out. There's so much research to be done. It's too exciting to retire. I, I, I do not envy anyone who retire, who is retired. I, I, lo I love what I'm doing too much to retire. Yeah, I agree. I'm starting to look at my second half of my life. And, and yeah. you know, the American dream is to, you know, stop working. And I, I think that that not working and not building something uh, with my mind, my mind and heart that might that might actually kill me. So I'm that, that whole idea scares me. I'll tell you something about retirement. I saw what happened to many people retired, including my father. When he retired at 65, so that's really a, an interesting age for me to hit now. Very quickly, within years, he totally was, he, he was no longer the same man. He just, I just saw him withering away because there was no purpose all the dreams he had from, you know, uh, when he was retired to go fishing and all that kind of stuff. After a while, it was so boring that he ended up doing nothing, just working a little bit in his garden. And I think that was, uh, he, he still, you know, he still became 94. So that was really good, but he was not the same man. So I do not recommend retirement to people who really have something to give to this planet. It, it's no, it's too much fun. Yeah, that's one of the things that strikes me as I study the blue zones is how they have um, a specific roles in their family into their mm -hmm. 90s. And they're still contributing and productive. And some of them are still doing the work, whether it's being a shepherd or whatever it is, they're still doing the work that they've done for 50, 70 years. Tell us about the project, because you've alluded to it, something you need $3 billion for. But talk about this this hospital and university. 
Well, the goal is to bring together the top experts of the world who have something to offer uh, that is in, in the, let's call it vibrational medicine, holistic medicine, those kind of things that I want to bring the best of the best together. And the goal is to show without a shadow of a doubt that when we combine and synergize these methods, that we have a better, faster, more effective, and most importantly, a cheaper way to heal chronic disease than is available right now. And uh, once that's achieved, which will not take us more than two or three years, then the insurance companies have no choice than to pay. That's the only way I, I believe is to change medicine. It is to do it on economic principles, not on ideals or on theories, but to really show with their, their instruments. I'm talking about um, you know, blood analysis, MRI scans, X-rays, to show what can, can be done. Right now, there's a huge also new area opening up and it's called um, the um, stem cells, which, which is becoming more and more, uh, let's say, uh, common uh, knowledge now. But for, for the audience, what, what I want to, to give them as a very simple tool for rejuvenation is that what they need to know about stem cells is that these are the cells that can rejuvenate the body. But the problem with the stem cells that we have is that they're wandering around, but they're not active. That's why we, we are actually aging. So the trick is with your mind, with visualization, to activate your stem cells and to guide them to where you want them to go. Do you want them to go to the skin? Do you want to go to your joints? Do you want to, for them to clean uh, your arteries? Do you want them to rejuvenate your brain? So we can you know, use stem cells from others. We can use our own stem cells, but with our mind, we can activate the stem cells. We, and another trick that's really, really important is to activate another special group of cells called the T killer cells. I call the T killer cells. These are the white uh, blood cells of our immune system. And they're especially good at killing cancer, viruses, and bacteria. But again, often they get lazy. The reason they get lazy is that we don't love ourselves enough. The more we love ourselves, the more active T killer cells become. But we can also activate and direct them with our minds. And I've done this with hundreds of cancer patients where I teach them how to visualize the T killer cells to actively destroy the cancer cells. What most people don't know is that everybody makes every day some cancer cells. So if you keep your T killer cells active, just by um, focusing on that, seeing that happening in your mind before you go to sleep, that will also um, get, give you better chances. And, and just for people to know the statistics, in 1940, uh, one in 20 people got cancer. In 1970, it was one in 16. In 1990, it was one in 10. Now it's one in three getting cancer. So the older you get, the bigger your chances are of getting cancer. So that's why I recommend everybody to visualize and to work with the T killer cells and the stem cells to keep your body young and vital. Okay, so I'd love for you to talk about food because mm -hmm. some of your books go into this and you have a really unique take on it. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to know what your diet looks like to remain so vibrant and still playing sport, a, your sport competitively and teaching thousands of others and, 
and doing your best work intellectually. I feel like at 65, like our brain is like an international treasure. And that's right when we sideline ourselves, when we know so much, like we've acquired so much knowledge and experience, and then then we're supposed to go to pasture or whatever. So talk about the three different kinds of food that you teach and how to tell if a food's good for you or bad. One of the coolest things I've learned from my cancer patients is that there are no rules. So we have a lot of doctors working with cancer and they tell you a lot of stuff like, you know, eat this and eat that, a lot of this and a lot of that. But that's now not how it really works. And, and as you know a lot about vibration, we need to find the matching vibrations for, for our own unique signature. So I divide food into three different categories. And also we'll talk about supplements uh, just, just after that. So we have foods that are taking away our life force. So these are bad for us. We can call them toxic, whatever we want, but they actually deplete us from life force. Then you have foods that are neutral. That means it has no, um, it doesn't take away life force. It doesn't give specific life force, it just gives energy. And you have foods that actually gives us life force. And the strange thing is that in the last category, there are, no, there, there are no rules either. So if for, for one, it could be something like, I had one client that turmeric, turmeric you know, the yellow stuff we use for, for uh, I think we also call it curcumin, that we use for, for spices. This was so full of life force for that specific person. And when they added uh, the turmeric every day to their food, it was a day and night change. So it could be one thing that you need to add. Now, the question is, how do you find out? There are different ways to do it. One way that some people use is kinesiology, muscle testing. Another way is there nowadays machines that can measure your skin resistance and you can determine what's going on. But the easiest way is something that I taught our, our daughter to do. She is now eight, turning nine, but she could do this already when she was six. It is just having your hand going over the foods. It could be even a picture. For example, you can be sitting in a restaurant and you can just uh, look at the menu and then with your hand go over the different items on the menu. And most people with, with just a few tests will learn to feel a certain tingling in, in their hand. And the question that you ask which foods are the best for me right now. So that's one thing. And what you discover over time is that some things are like always the same. So for example, in, in my case, one of the life force giving foods for me is broccoli. And I hate broccoli, but I eat at least three times a week <laughs> because it gives me, it gives my body something that nothing else can give it. And I found that the same with um, cinnamon, for example. Cinnamon gives me also a lot of um, positive energy. And, and then there are many other foods that are neutral. And some foods vary over time. When I'm exhausted, for example, I noticed that goji berries work very well for my adrenals. And, and also what most people know, ginger. So there are certain things that are common and certain things that are very unique for your own signature. In general, what I discovered working with thousands of people is that a more, I would say, fiber rich foods are important. And then we almost always end up, of course, with, um, you know, things like vegetables and, and those kind of things, salads. 
but I often recommend people extra fibers because one of the things that I found out is that when we have our stools only once a day, we keep the toxins long in our system. So when we increase the fiber content and we start to go to the toilet for the stools at least twice a day, that's when we hit the optimum fiber intake for most people. The only caveat is we need to drink a lot of water with that. So, so some people may have to drink up to a gallon of water just to because the fibers absorb so much um, of that. So, and what I discovered is if we add fibers to our nutrition, even if we're eating already uh, fiber-rich foods like we're vegetarians or vegan, if we add extra fibers to it, it actually activates the colon even better and it helps to remove certain toxins and also it promotes a better what we call um, symbiosis to, so to get the better microorganisms into our gut and and one of the big mistakes people do is they take extra probiotics which in general is just throwing away your money without the extra fiber you need the extra fibers to create the right environment and finishing up on supplements, I have over 200 different supplements, but I only take four or five a day, depending what my body wants me to take. So you can buy all the stuff that you want, but every day I'm just scanning which ones will be the best for me today. And then some will be for a while the same and some will change over time. And this way we get to know or unique signatures by using simple techniques like that. Well, I'd love to know how I can look at my supplements and know which ones I need today because I just moved and so I found all the supplement graveyards in my house and there, it turns out there were four. And so I, I consolidated them. I'm quite proud of myself of finding all the weird places that piles of supplements were. And I could run a small health food store with all the and like sell them Same off here. so what how do i how do i know which ones are calling me because you said the broccoli is amazing for you but you don't actually like the taste of it so is it just like you said you put your hand over it like even your eight-year-old daughter does that's the easiest way to do it what we teach um is, is something that most people do not actually link back to uh longevity we teach people to tune into their body so for example we have a a weight loss program called Sleep Your Fat Away. And in the Sleep Your Fat Away, the only thing that we do different is that we train people to listen to their body, to, to only eat when you're hungry and to eat just enough until your hunger is gone and not to go over that. And these are simple things. Going back to your question, what you're training yourself with is uh, tapping into the body's intelligence. And, and the intelligence of the body is far more advanced than we can ever know. And so you need to set the intention, what are you scanning the supplements for? Let me give you a couple of examples. Say you, your question is, what do I need today to feel great? That's a different question than if you would ask, what does my immune system needs now? Let's say you're going through a flu or you don't feel so well. And you can tie specific into that flu symptom and ask, what do I need right now? And then you scan over all these supplements and you will feel a difference. The only thing you need to do is to trust and, and just go for it. And then the next question is, uh, how many pills or capsules do I take right now? And normally what I teach people is close your eyes, go in, and a number will pop up. Sometimes it's one. 
And sometimes you'll be surprised. It could be four, five, or six. And by doing it in this way, you are more in tuning with your body. And we give, of course, we train people in that, um, especially Joy is very, very great on the level of intuition. She just finished a book. Uh, it was a bestseller on Amazon. It's called um, How to Change Your Life with Intuition. But we teach um, these, I call them, we call them psychic skills, but they're not really psychic skills. They are skills that we all have. And just by training them, but, and the only thing that you need to remember is ask the right question. What, what are you looking for? You're looking, for example, for something to make your system younger. Do you want uh, something to cleanse your lymph? Or do you need some help with your adrenals? And then you scan and feel what you know what sticks out to you and you just trust that feeling and if people want to to go deeper in intuition we offer all kinds of training for intuition including remote viewing astral traveling connecting with your body high consciousness and all of that did you used to when you were younger not trust your intuition as much i i feel like i have had so many things like i felt strongly a certain way but i didn't have the reasons for it and so i ignored it and i always have ended up sorry <laughs> i think a lot of people recognize that i think we all do that kind of stuff so it, it's uh, i when i with my brain damage in my first uh, let's say five years of school i could not rely on my brain so there was no my brains were not functioning so i was living completely in this alternate reality and whatever came up as an answer i had to trust that so if the teacher asked me a question then an answer will pop up in my mind and i just always trusted that answer so one thing i've learned is to trust the intuition and i think that's where most people go wrong they ha everybody has the intuition but what we need to learn is to trust it no matter what and and once you follow that then things will happen in a different way. But we all have the inclination to go to our logical brain and, and to question what we feel or our intuition. And, and that's why we make these mistakes over and over again. Yeah, this kind of reminds me to ask you this question. What are the advantages of being 65? What are the things that you love about being older? There's this, I've mentioned it before on, on my show, the U-curve of happiness it's an article I read, I think it's in the Atlantic. It's very long, but absolutely fascinating about the research on how people are so much happier in their 50s than they report being, or, or the people just worldwide report being in their 40s and 30s. What do you love about being the age that you're at? What's good about it? What do we have to look forward to? Well, there's many things to love, uh, let's say, uh, of getting older, especially if, if you have the tools to take care of your body, your mind, and that kind of stuff. But what I like the most is that my impatience, my um, drive is different now. Where I, would, I can always uh, put it like power against force. Where at the younger age, we force our ways to our goal. We, we, we go, we're driven, we are determined, we persevere, we go on. We, we don't even knock on doors. We go through doors, even through walls and all kind of stuff. And when you have that kind of energy, that's great. When, when you're older, you, you become strategically smarter. And I see like three levels. We have hard work. That's good when you're young. Then you have smart work. That's when you pass 40 to 60. And then when you go to, I'd say 60 plus, it is more, I, I call it no work. It's the flow. You're finding the way, you're not in a hurry to go anywhere, 
but you're finding the best way that works for you. So it gives you tremendous, it's not patience. I don't feel patient. It just gives me more insight when to push and when to wait. I think that's one of the great things. And the second great thing is that after, I think, being on this planet for so long, you've seen a lot of the hype come and go. And you understand that the hype will always come and go. So you don't run after shiny objects anymore. You don't run for the next hype. You just you use your intuition more to know what's good for you, what you should follow, what you shouldn't follow. So I would say the most important gain is the peace of mind. And it has nothing to do with money. I, I still love money. I still love to work. I still love doing things. But in, in a certain way, I feel more quiet inside, more at peace uh, inside here in home. They call me the Zen master because I'm always like in the center of the, I said the eye of the storm. Whenever it is panic, I'm always the calm one. And I think that's the great thing uh, of aging is that you don't run as much anymore and you, you know when to run and when not to run. Oh, that is so well put to learn when to push and when to wait. I feel like that is brilliant. I actually wrote that down because that feels like a life lesson that I'm in the middle of right now that I have the sense that you're ahead of me on that. (laughs) And the other thing is you can laugh more about yourself. I think, you know, being able to see your own, it's not even mistakes, but just to be able to see how sometimes you just cramp up or try things. You you actually become, uh, you know, more... Yeah, you see the humor of life better. I think that's another great advantage is that, I know you see young people running and you go, oh, oh, <laughs> I used to do that, you know what I'm saying? So it gives you perspective that really makes a difference. So what are two or three really actionable, practical um, ways to age better as we, as we get older, what are some things you've discovered in your life? This could be from your medical practice or it could just be from your life experience. How do we age more gracefully and not push at the wrong times? Okay, I think um, one of the most important um, messages I have to share is that we, I see so many people who have suppressed their anger over the years that they don't even consider themselves to have any anger issues. I would say um, the secret to aging gracefully is to be able to let go of the past. To, to, and, and a lot of people talk about living in the now. I don't care so much about living in the now. You can live in any dimension you want as long as you don't hold on to the things of the past. That's the number one basic lesson. And it, to be able to let go of the past, the number one thing we need to be able to do is to forgive. And not just to forgive but to close our chapters, to really, um, you know, all the unfinished business that we have, even if it's a long time ago, unfinished stuff with our parents, things that we used to hate about our parents, that we close all the chapters of all the people who had some level of, I would say, close connection with us or intimacy with us, that we cut the links with, with those people, we forgive them, and we wish them from our heart the best life that we can imagine, what we wish upon ourselves. And, and that gives you the freedom. It, it is letting go of your baggage. And I think when Joy and I got married seven years ago, we made one commitment that we support each other to let go of baggage. And what we discovered in our relationship that every time we have a conflict, 
it is never about us. It's always something of the past. And because we have the tools to, to let go of that, to forgive and to cut the links, every time we do that, every time we solve a conflict, it, it seems like our heart opens up more and that is more love. And we are now in this free fall that we do not know where's the end of how much you can love. So, love, so when you forgive and let go, you are breaking through what we call the heart walls. And every time you break through heart walls, there's more love, there's more gratitude, and there's more happiness. And I think that's the secret of, uh, ingredient of aging perfectly. And if I compare the blue zones with, for example, this woman in France, uh, her name was Jean Calment. She lived to be 122 years old and 164 days. And she was, for me, the biggest role model because she smoked over 100 years. Just imagine that. She drank port wine. She ate pound, a couple of pounds of chocolate sweets a week until she was 190 years old. And her only exercise was she cycled until she was 100, then she stopped. But on 112, she was still seen dancing on a video to rap music. So what were, were her qualities? One, number one quality was that she is, quote, a saying, if you can't do anything about it, don't worry about it. And I found that with people who live very long lives, that they don't have mental stress and that they are grateful, they are forgiving, they're focused on the now or, or whatever is going on in, in the now. They're not nostalgic, they just live in the moment. I think that's the biggest secret for everyone who wants to have a fulfilled, long, happy life is to let go. That was absolutely brilliant. And I love the story of the 122-year-old woman because not that Dr. Roy is saying, let's smoke a pack of cigarettes a day or <laughs> eat, eat three pounds of chocolate a week, but how, how important, right? How important it is right. to let go and forgive. Love it. Why I'm mentioning her is that what she's proven to me, it is not genetics, it's not exercise and nutrition, but it's her mindset. And, and when your mind is set in the right way, you can overcome a lot of the things. But imagine that you do a lot of things right. So you eat right, you, you do your exercises right, and you have this mindset. I mean, what is possible? I, I don't even consider on a 22 years a, a tough, uh, a difficult age to get to. It, it's, I believe it's quite easy. As, and uh, if I say it as a man, it's even tougher because women live longer than men. So we're punished just for being born male. But I'm sure 123 is easy to get to if we have the right mindset and we combine it with a few simple things that we do on a daily basis. I love it. Well, tell everyone where they can learn more about you. Maybe mention a few of your favorite books that, that I told you a little about, bit about our audience, what their demographic is. Um, that they should seek out? Where can they find you on social media? All that good stuff. Right. Well, we have um, a, a website, a main website. It's called Crystalline, and it's easy to remember. It's Christ All In. This was not on purpose. We discovered later that this happened. It was not like, it's not a religious website or anything, but it happens to be Christ All In. What our motto is, we strive to become the greatest we can be, and we have a lot of good stuff also a lot of free stuff there. One of my favorite books that, that I recommend everybody to read is we, uh, my wife and I wrote a little book called um, The Little Book of Karma. 
And this is, um, this is about not only doing good, but to understanding the principles of karma and what the effects are on our lives and our business. And it, I think the book costs three or four dollars uh, on Amazon.com. And uh, my other favorite book, I already mentioned Emotional Balance. And the last book of my wife is called um, How to Change Your Life with Intuition which was a bestseller also amazon.com and we we work a lot with brain trainings and when I, I speak about brain trainings a lot of people know about guided meditations but what we really do is train the brain to create new habits we even created a program called the ultimate habits to become unstoppable and it's like a one-year program where each month you learn a new habit that you integrate into your nervous system and even on dna level and then from an other author, I would recommend Power Versus Force. That, that's a really old book, and it's about vibrations. It, it, this person, uh, his name is Hawkins, and he has um, research with kinesiology, the vibrations of countries, of even professions, politicians. It's a really must-read for people to understand everything they want to know about vibrations and how even our thoughts can create some vibration in, in our body. So th those are the things I would recommend for people to do right now. Well, I so appreciate you taking this time to share with us because we all need a lodestar. We all need a mentor and I'm looking for them in my fifties right now. I'm looking for people in their sixties and seventies who are living the way I want to live and you're an absolute inspiration. So thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Roy Martina. Thank you, Robin, for having me. It's been a great, great pleasure and um, really appreciate you for what you're doing. And thank you for doing this great work.